The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. So today we're discussing TAH. TAH is in similar devices which are implanted within the, uh, the body cavity of the person. The question is at some point, in the case of where there's fertility of treatment or whatever the case may be, where the patient is asking for a deactivation, or the doctor or the hospital would like to deactivate the device, how do we view that? Is that a problem um, in those situations? So the, so the text which will most, I think, shed the most light on this um, is, the, is the Shulchan Aruch discussing the laws of Gosses. So Gosses is a very um, non-defined term, uh, at least medically, I don't think there is any definition for Gosses, but um, even in hal halachically today, most uh, authorities say they don't, they don't know exactly which point someone would be defined as a Gosses, and therefore it's almost practically irrelevant, this law, to m in many applications, but we'll see there's important principles that come But if we right. could identify Gosses, this would be a situation where futility might be an issue. Yes, meaning, meaning as we're going to see, the law of agosis is you don't have to continue to treat it. Right. Um, Additional as a matter of fact, you can even um, hasten that, hasten death to a certain extent. Okay. Not, not the way they just say. They don't use the yeah, um, hasten. Yes, they're um, removing impediments. Of impediments. Yes. So, yes. I'm, I, I use the word hasten, but I'm saying in essence, that's what you're doing. But that's an important yes. difference. <laughs> that very, is different. Very important difference. <laughs> <So>, <laughs> oh, you're right. 100. percent So, so the point, but the just of the the gosis it seems was defined. And maybe the Shochanah doesn't define it. Uh, the it's a term used from the Talmud, but it sounds like it was someone that. It says actually that speaking of the Chavar Kadisha, they would know when a guy is a ghost. They knew, they're the only ones who knew. When they came Does in. Does Talmud define a ghost? No. I mean, a ghost is usually in Allah is defined as someone who is surely going to die in the next three days. Um, but it literally means uh, the person, you like it says he's making guttural sounds where. What does ghost mean to word? Sounds. That's a good question. How do they translate it? They don't. They just transliterated, but Gosis uh, um, I think it means someone coming close to death. I'm not sure the exact. Let's say moribund here. Yeah, well, Let's see if there's a translation. That doesn't help much. <coughs> it's in the throes of death. Right, but what's the what's the root of the word? Is the question. So let's read the Shulchan Aruch on top. The bottom is just a, is a translation. The top is the, the original. It's always good to see in the original. So this is again chapter three thirty nine. And in parentheses, which is a prayer you say um, uh, when uh, when someone dies. And what are the signs of the ghosts? So the Shulchan Aruch begins, we're in the top, that little top blurry paragraph. So the first halacha the Shulchan Aruch says is, ghost is considered alive as far as everything is concerned, meaning you can't. Don't write him off. Don't start. Uh, it's vote and everything. Well, he's gonna explain. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, uh, what does that mean? Yes, exactly. Well, for example, Michal Shabbos. You can violate Shabbat to save the life of a ghost. By the way, but is a ghost just obligated to mitzvot? Well, if he's pretty sick. I mean, yeah, yes. But he's pretty sick in the sense of obviously. I don't know if you could. Does this help you? Technically, he's he's, he's alive. Still obligated. Yes. Does this help? It says the experience of being a gosses is referred to as gesisa. Does that word mean anything? Gesisa. It's just a verb of gosses. So, it, it, but of itself, you know. As far as the translation, I need to look up the word. But um, 
Can a ghost just get an Aaliyah? <laughs> it sounds like yes. You're saying he's yeah, full. He's alive as far as everything's concerned halachically. Um, okay, so ain't kosher in the chayv. So the first thing is meaning, I guess, and they would tie down your jaw for someone who died. You know, you you don't want the guy's mouth gaping open for a dead body. So they would tie his jaw down. So it's prohibited to do that to a ghost. Ain't sachin also. You can't um, start, you know, smearing him with oils, right? Ain't medichin also. You can't bathe him, rinse him. This is another reason we'll see in a second because when a patient's in this stage of so close to death, we're concerned that any movement of his body will hasten death, and that's prohibited because uh, this is this is one of the sources of the rule of the principle that we have that even uh, even clearly this guy's not in a great uh, situation and quality of life. Right, um, he's right, very close to his death, but still we can't in any way even hasten his death by one minute. That still would be considered murder. Someone kills a ghost, halakhically they're, they're tried for murder like anyone else. Okay, just the mere fact, as we're saying, that the person, is his treatment is futile and his quality of life is obviously not too good, does not in any way le- lessen the prohibition of retzich, of murder. Okay. It says you don't uh, poke and you make holes trying to get him to go to the bathroom, you know, like, things like that. You can't even remove the pillow from under his head. Okay, because again, all these are concerns that if you somehow move the body, you might cause him to die quicker. Okay. They, they, and this, by the way, and that's why treatment, as we're going to see in this situation, you treating him even medically is a problem because since, because at this point treating him is, might hasten his death yeah, doing anything if you to can't him. move a pillow I mean that's right so exactly so anything to do like giving him a shot even the question is morphine and we'll see things like that what do you do the person's in pain so obviously you want to um, give him certain this is not exactly fut- a patient in whom further treatment is futile this is they're mm-hmm. implying it's futile and even dangerous Yes, but I'm saying I'm saying even what you see from here, at least step number one is you see that futility of treatment doesn't now allow you to kill him. That's for sure. That's for sure not. Right. So that that meaning futility of treatment doesn't make doesn't allow you to kill him. And I, as I told Ron, it's interesting. There's a contradiction, which all the authorities talk about, because in the laws of Shabbat, it says you're allowed to violate Shabbat to save his life, which seems to contradict it. If we're saying here. Like you let him die, don't treat him, but now you're going to save his life. So how does that work? So there's, there's a lot of discussion about that contradiction, seeming contradiction in halacha, and we'll see. It might be relevant. Secular bioethics arrives at the same point for a different reason. They wouldn't treat him not for fear of killing him. They wouldn't treat him because it's futile. Right. Okay. So they, arrived, <laughs> they would kill him, but they wouldn't treat him. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So here we're saying you can't kill him. And you may not be able to treat him. And you, and you can't treat him. Well, that's you, you can't. Well, you can't do anything. Move him around. Correct. You can't do much that could right. in any way so endanger his life. And can but if he's if he's dying Shabbat, you're allowed to violate Shabbat to save his life. But even a go ses on Shabbat, you can violate Shabbat to save his life. Well, he's considered a full fledged person right. by mitzvot. Right. That's not necessarily a contradiction. The, the second implies there's actually a treatment that might yeah. save his life. The right. first situation is there is no treatment right. that would save his well, life, okay. or it's suffering. You don't do anything, you might save his life. Well, where do you give the benefit because of the doubt? You can't that something might save his life anything. or something might kill him. You were maybe saving him. his life by a minute. But, but right. he did yes, exactly. 
So, uh, so, so then, therefore, you can do it's that. It's pretty straightforward. They're trying to, again, socially make it acceptable for people to help other people on Shabbat. And so they're trying to say, listen, don't make a decision whether it's a ghost or not a ghost uh-huh. Just right. help the person on Shabbat. If you find it later, it's a ghost Okay, right. you're not Mechal Shabbat. You're right. fine. Right. It mm-hmm. turns out he's a ghost says, okay, the guy's going to die anyway in the next day or two. I mean, we don't want, we don't want to start you're, thinking. You're, yeah, don't get so, uh, you caught know, up just help people, and then you'll right. figure out whether there's a ghost says later. Okay. You wonder if that's why they specifically left the definition that, of ghost says so vague. Maybe. I, I think here, Michal Shabbat, I think that's the whole issue. It's like they don't want people to start, going, wait, wait a second, <laughs> like, wait, where, where are you? Three days? Are you seven days They're out? They're standing around arguing about <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Right. Shut up and do and something. I had a case this year, if a guy shows like seven in the morning, got knocks on my door, um, and he comes in, his face was all puffy, like, mm. and he said he has, he has tingling in his face. Mm. Well, so, oh, can he go to the, should he go to the hospital? <laughs> His wife is yes. saying, no, don't go. You shouldn't oh go. I walked him out. I said, for sure. I said, call a taxi right now. He got a, could be having a stroke. I don't know what it was. Right. Turns out he had... Uh, Shingles. No, it was infection. Digeminal blood neuralgia. poisoning. What's it called? Poison ivy? Poison No, no, blood poisoning. What? Inside. What is sepsis? Pink eye. No. <laughs> Some kind of blood poisoning, and it was affecting his face. It was almost by his eye. We don't really know what blood poisoning is. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Some type of uh, infection. No they gave him that. They checked him in, he's Methodist, fine. and he. No, I mean, now he's fine, but he. They put cellulitis. Him on IV. So, uh, yeah. Cellulitis. That's what it is. Cellulitis. Why did they have to do like. Why did they have My face is falling off. What should I do? Oh, no, his question God. was listen, he, he had it. This guy, he's, he's had, had it for a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had it for a week. On Yadda morning, he woke up and his, it was like by his, his eyes. Face so he got all nervous. He's going he's gonna to lose his vision. Okay, he's so lose his his wife is saying, Matt, nothing. What are you <laughs> <laughs> go to the it's your face, it's nothing. <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> I see it calls in the middle of the night. I've been const- I got constipated at two o'clock in the morning. How For a week. Two weeks. <laughs> like <laughs> what the hell are you calling? Could have waited a couple more hours. Let me introduce this guy with the cellulitis. You can go together. <laughs> okay, so the Shogun Arkadin is in the paragraph underneath the first one. So nice Can't place them on sand. So a lot of strange things. Some of these are hebijibi things they would do to sick people. Um, and some of them are medical, but uh, so I don't know what this one is. You don't place them on sand. The law gabi charas is on uh, earthenware. Charas is uh, like a pottery. The law gabi adama, not on the ground. And you don't put on his stomach. Lo kaira v'lo magrifa. Not a plate, a tray. V'lo tzalucha shomayim. Not a cold, no cold uh, compress of water, cold glass of water. V'lo girger shomelech. You don't put a gra- grain of salt on his tongue. Okay, this is something that I guess it sounds to me that they would do stuff which would try to like shock well, so him, wake we, him up. So far, we could probably agree with all that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, Gerard, they would put uh, salt on the patient's tongue to sort of wake him up. Okay, so you can't do that to a ghost. Ein mashmina laviyaros. That means you don't. I think it means like stop preparing for the funeral. Sorry. Okay, you don't. Um, it says 
start announcing in the city, you know, this guy's uh, funeral. You don't start cooking. That's not a good thing. You don't start cooking <laughs> for the shiva. Right. The Ein Sochen Chalalin. Actually, you see the... Uh, Ein Sochen Chalilin, you don't hire um, trumpet players, you know, uh, and, uh, flute players, umikardinos and criers. Vein ma'atzmin enov. You don't close his eyes. You know, someone dies, right? You part of the chavikadish is you close eyes of the body. Mm-hmm. So, so you don't do that to this guy, meaning he's still alive. In other words, adsha takes until he's really dead. Okay, until he's completely dead. <laughs> Not just mostly dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who who uh, hastens the leaving of the soul, even for this person, who's clearly going to die within the next few hours, but if you somehow do any of these things, which hasten his death, you're considered a murderer, it says. It's capital murder. You don't tear, rip kriya, you know, which is rending the garments. Um, you don't take off your shoes in his presence. You don't obviously give a eulogy. And you don't uh, bring in the, the coffin while the guy's late. Well, let so me all ask these things a are not good I mean, uh, for the patient psychologically. Why are they saying these things? I mean, did people do this when someone seemed to be... Uh, Listen, in for sure, as we know today, at a certain point in a patient's treatment, you know, in a hospital, everyone goes, okay, it's over. The doctor comes in and says, takes the family around and says, call, call your relatives, it's over. So that, that happens today. They're not bringing medicine. coffins. and not giving yeah. eulogies. They're, they're doing not the same thing in, in a certain sense. That's what they're doing. They're telling the family, bring everyone around because it's a matter of, of you know of hours. Get everyone here, right? So what they're saying is don't do any of that stuff until the guy's actually dead. I That's what I they're saying. Meaning what the doctor does, what everyone, when the whole family comes together and they're, they're saying, you know, basically giving up, giving up, obviously giving up here too, but saying doing things which in preparation for his death. He's not dead yet. Till he's dead, mm-hmm. he ain't dead. It's sort of like uh, there was in my yeshiva where I went to in Israel, so there was a, one of the Rosh yeshivas was very sick for a very long time. So the, his brother-in-law, um, they say when he came to his funeral, he was sick for like, you know, six years. They say when he took out the eulogy at the funeral, the papers were yellow. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Because he had written the eulogy, you know, six years ago. Papers were already yellowing. Especially. There's also a morbid joke like that about a guy who's near death and he's at his house and he smells some cookies and oh, yeah. his wife what do you that's what's going he says oh those are chocolate chip cookies your favorite she says oh good let me have one she says you can't have one she says why sure? not <laughs> but, uh, but i'm saying in reality back then was any sort of custom if someone was a ghost says you would so i talk no, about no, you no, but i think it's human nature human nature we prepare for <laughs> but it, it's so specific you kind of want i mean you generally don't pass oh, laws some of these are are things that you do to patients to rejuvenate, like putting the salt on the tongue. But not a coffin and a eulogy. No, instead, right. So there's, show, there's two different things here. So it's, it's, it's an important point you're making. There's two different categories of things yeah. that saying prohibited mm-hmm. to do. One is, do not do any types of treatment which will rejuvenate it. And don't act as if he's dead. And right. number two is, yeah, but still, because you know, there's, a, there's a dichotomy here. Because in certain sense we're saying, it's futility here. You, you don't treat him because there's nothing you can do for this guy, and you just might prolong his suffering or kill by treating him. <coughs> On the other hand, don't think he's dead yet. Right. Don't think he's dead, right? So it's, yeah, it's, that's a good point. So that, that's going to be the question here. Why? Why are we prohibiting the treatment? So, so I, I, 
Shelley just said, because you can might hasten his death. I said that really. Right. Also, but it's really is another aspect which other people who are emotional fighting as we're going to see seems to understand that it's not about that. It's about prolonging suffering. Mm-hmm. That we don't want to prolong a patient who's going to die anyway, in a few hours, in a few or a few days, and there's there's nothing you could do for him. You don't want to prolong his suffering. By keeping him alive, what you're doing is you're not saving his life. You're prolonging right. his suffering. So it's a, an amazing concept. We we agree with that concept. We don't prolong a patient's suffering. They do that at MD so it's just all the, the time. It's just this side of, of uh, passive or active euthanasia. Right? Passive, maybe. Maybe. So that's what we're going to talk about. That's what's very relevant. So that's what I want to get to. So it's very, yes, it's a very important text to understand the background because it doesn't give you reasons here. It's just saying don't do these things. So again, there's two categories of things. Things that are well, technically a treatment and things that you do for a dead person. Don't do either one. He's not dead yet. Don't treat him like a dead person, but don't either treat him like a regular patient um, where you're going to give him treatments that, that are futile treatments. You generally don't pass laws against things that don't happen. So when he says, don't do a eulogy, don't do a coffin, it implies that somebody was actually, that might have been done because yeah, why so would I you think mention the second part, well, both things, I think, medically, mm-hmm. doctors would say, listen, we have to do everything we can to save his life just because you know, every minute of life is important. Right, that's number one. So it's, it seems to be implying that there is a concept of not causing a prolonging suffering of a mm-hmm. patient. Um, that's number one. Number two is, yes, I think it was, it's very normal as I see today. I may get this as a rabbi and I'm sure you've seen it as a, as a physician. People start preparing for death way before <laughs> death happens, meaning, meaning doing things. As my mother says, my mother was in the hospital uh, two years ago. She, uh, you know, and Basically, uh, we were preparing, people prepare the funeral way before, you know, they start talking. I get phone calls, you know, someone is not even, <laughs> two weeks before someone dies, you know, asking me about what to do and what, uh, how, what, what, which day, what happens if the funeral comes out and out. They're like, why are you preparing the funeral? The person is not dead yet. Well, in a related question that came up in the last two days, is it permissible to prepay for a funeral? I mean, you're not sick, but you're, say, you're 90 years old and you're getting, yes, you know. That, interestingly enough, I don't know the source for this. But they, there's some what we call a schooler. Schooler means like a, you know, you familiar with that term? Schooler. No. It's a schooler means like you, some heebie-jeebie thing. If you do this, it'll uh, prevent, you know, mm-hmm. well, I don't a know, jinx. superstition. You're jinxing yourself. No, mm-hmm. but the opposite here, it's saying this is a good thing. Go to the, you know, schooler means it's not, a, I don't call it a good luck charm, but something like, uh, you know, this is, this. the Gemara says if you word. do this, sigula. So like this, so one of the things they say is if you buy a plot, it's a segula for long life. Actually, right. buying a barrel plant is a good thing. It says you'll live uh-huh. longer. What about prepaying your funeral? That's what I'm saying. I, it's probably the same thing. So there's no rule against prepaying your funeral. You could do that. Yeah. You know, when yeah. I die, you know, I want to... Yeah. I'm saying it sounds like it's a good thing, buying a plant. All that is but good. you're not doing it for that was you. This, that was the... Yeah, you're doing it for, you're doing your it for you. Yeah, that, oh, was, you're, that was the cemetery lobby my, that my got that law passed. What? That was the cemetery lobby. Which law? Then you'll be where you want to be, is, and is good. that's we one. To deal with it. We don't have to deal with it when right. we right. are not right. wanting to deal with right. things like that because we we're dealing well, we're with keeping like, you alive or not. Right. So by the way, planning for the end of life is a good thing in all aspects, medically, psychologically. I mean, that's right. something the Talmud discusses. As a matter of fact, it says a shimmera. Someone's on their deathbed. There are many things, allowances we allow because, first of all, the Talmud understands psychologically it's better for the person, meaning if a person hears that he's going to die, it's also relevant to this, or thinks he's going to die, then there's 
that will hasten his death also. Once a person gives up hope, so, but planning for the end of life is not a, is something on the Which country. Which is a certainty. Can, I mean, it's a certainty. It's a certainty, right. It's not like there's a lack of faith it. in God. And also, you're, you're be more relaxed. At the end, mm-hmm. at the end you've of made your life. plans. You're not going to be nervous, right. right? Once you, you know, you spoke to the children, and you know where you've been. Baking for the shiv and putting in the freezer. <laughs> so that's a. The, no, he's literally came up with a 90 year old man. We're helping and um, went to a lawyer, and they said, you know, you should among all the state planning you do for this guy is pay for your funeral. She said, now, I think in Judaism there's something about a prohibition against prepaying for your funeral. I said, it's news to me. Not I will I find know. out. I told, I'll find out. Tomorrow, <laughs> and after, and on the contrary, like I said, it's pre- okay. buying a plot is a good thing. I'm assuming. Now what, what's funeral. this bit about not putting the keys next to the synagogue next to the person's head? Uh, I don't know. Some kind of EBGB. <laughs> talk about that. Actually, it's a great video. No, you should watch. Do you see that one? The, what? The Shiva app. Can you see it? <laughs> see the Shiva app. Just go to YouTube and put in Shiva. I I Shiva app. Oh, watch, it's a great video, you'll get, you like it. No, I, like iPhone, Shiva app. Um, but don't, don't play yet, let's finish this. this well, who developed that? It's a joke, you'll see. It's a, uh, um, <laughs> so it says, so let's continue here. It's an I Shiva commercial. Yeah, yeah, so but just leave it, don't play it. Mm-hmm. I'll show it in a second. So here, yeah, so, uh, so now let's just continue, the Shulchan um, let's just get through this. He says, so the Cholam Amitz again. So he's saying the first, the two laws that we're, we're setting down here again. One is don't prolong suffering, as we're going to see. That's how Moshe Feinstein at least understands this. Um, and number two is don't, don't, don't consider him dead. He's still alive for all practical purposes. So Moshe Feinstein's interpretation if you move the pillow, it's not that you might kill him, it might make him more uncomfortable than he is now. No. It might, no. It might prolong his life and therefore prolong his suffering. So the presumption is he's suffering right. and making yeah, him more comfortable would prolong his suffering. Making him more comfortable will make him live longer, which is just prolonging right, his suffering. Prolong- right. right. That's still a little weird thinking. Um, well, I mean, it's a beautiful, in today's uh, context of medicine, it's very, very forward thinking. Saying, you know, take the, don't, let, don't extend his life, don't extend his suffering. Basically, with, but you can't kill him. We don't allow euthanasia. But don't do something but which will make him live longer if you don't have to. But the current thing is don't extend his life by do, doing something which might uh, make him suffer as well as no. live longer. No, not suffer. doesn't say anything about suffering here. It says don't even to make him more comfortable because the assumption is if he's more comfortable, he's going to live longer. Meaning if you're helping the patient in any which way, patient will now be more relaxed and live long, meaning patient's agitated and they're in the throes of death, you know, it's a few hours left to go, so the more agitated they are, the assumption is the quicker they're going to go. If you make them more... You give them morphine, yeah, so that reduces can, agitation. That might make them live longer. So you should just watch them suffer for a while without giving them morphine. Can you restrain yeah, we'll them? See. You know, well, there's two parts, I actually. Mean, the, the other part is hastening is there. So depending on, and that's a, I think it's, you're right, it's depending on each thing here. Some things can quicken his death by moving his body. There's something you might be doing active euthanasia by doing something to his body. On the other hand, there's also the aspect of not prolonging suffering. But you don't really know. The definition of ghosts is vague. The guy's agitated. Maybe he's in pain. Morphine might relieve that. 
that wouldn't necessarily make him live longer. It might, and therefore prolong his suffering, but you're actually reducing his suffering. I, I mean, know, it's, yeah, this it's, is very let's vague. Let's see, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a tough, it's very but, tough. But you've got to go another step with it. If you were giving him morphine, you're putting a shot into some part of his body. Right. He, in the state, or she, in the state that they're in, wouldn't know that you're giving him something right, to the make shot him alone, actually, better. Russia says that. He says that the shot will, the pain of the shot. You don't know what can happen. He changes it. He's got an IV in. You give it to him intravenous. He has, there's no pain. He's in already. It's different. You're not moving his body. No, that's different. The Shulchan is saying don't move his body in any which way. Don't move his body. If you're, actually this, in some sense, there was a hospice doctor and he was a friend and his Medicare said he had to go from the hospice hospital to a nursing home and I raised the roof I didn't use the Jewish thing and the doctor found a loophole said well I haven't seen him so I'll I'll, I'll let him stay for three days we all knew he was going to be dead within a day I mean he should have been dead already and so he well, got that, to that's stay. not the issue that's no not. but he didn't have to be moved I understand but that's he not the issue the issue is not whether you're moving him or not the issue is moving you're relieving him. his making him more comfortable well, so he will live longer and suffer more but well, you're actually re relieving his suffering so it gets that's a good question it gets I'm not sure. confusing. Yes. well yes. but it was the same because if he had moved it would have either been better or worse so in either case the suffering oh, but would have been moving would actually worsen the suffering. Probably, but giving but morphine will relieve the suffering only if it was done intravenous. Yeah, and then if it was done, but if the theory shot, is no. if you give him the morphine and he lives longer, you prolong his suffering yes. even though you're relieving his suffering. You give him fifty milligrams of morphine. Right, so you need to know what to you, you don't prolong his different living. actions. I don't know. It's a good and point. You give him an overdose of morphine. Doesn't that quicken the death? Well, yeah, if you kill him, <laughs> sure does. Well, but you don't know how much is more. I assure much. you, don't know how. Much. Yeah, I assure you, you don't. I've tried to. I have. I've used morphine in huge amounts on people to relieve pain and suffering, expecting they would, they would get relief and maybe die, and they don't die. Mm -hmm. yeah. It just I mean, depends. No matter how much relief, huh? Uh, they, no, because that's why giving them more and more morphine, because they're not getting relief and they're not getting dead. Yeah, that's why you need marijuana. Well, okay. These are people so, who are not with the program. So, uh, so let's finish read this. It says again, anyone who quickens it, I raise a shavuach damim, is a murderer. No questions. This is really bad because if you give them that morphine. Uh, you might be in trouble. No, but the, again, but, but they say you're the quickening his death because you're relieving his suffering. Yeah. I mean, then now you're a yeah. murderer for right. it. Right. Exactly. Nah, I mean, active, a active euthanasia is murder. That's Even though you're giving him medication to relieve his pain. Well, it depends. Again, we we saw the Tzitzit yeah, says it's he's a allowed fine to give more line. Even enough doses that might kill him. No, I understand, but that's not, you're not giving pain. him morphine yes. to kill him. You're just giving him morphine to relieve his, his pain. pain. And, and you can give him a small amount which will relieve his pain, but now they're saying because you're, because you're well, extending his life... It doesn't say about morphine. Well, that's okay. a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Well, the bias you cannot bring a coffin into the house until the guy's dead. <laughs> you don't read the Tzadik That's the prayer that you say when someone dies. Until the soul actually leaves the body. When's that? That's another 
Good question. Good question. <laughs> now the Ramah continues in the small little letters. The Ramah, the amendment of the Ramah says like this, V'yei ein chotzvim lo You can't, uh, You shouldn't even start digging a grave even though it's not in the same house. So this might get into your question, but I'm saying don't dig a grave um, until, until, uh, <coughs> until he's actually dead. Does he give a reason for that? I mean, if the guy doesn't even know you're digging a grave, what difference does it make? That's what he's saying. Even though he's not, it's not in the same house, so that I don't know. Because his relatives know you're digging a grave. How do you digging a grave for him? Yeah, so I don't know. That's a good question. Um, can you can you stand the coffin up and put in shelves and put books on it? I mean, it might just he be the principle that you can't think of this person as dead. Period. So don't do right. anything right. that implies he's dead. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, he says. This is just a side note. He says. Shum the You're never supposed to dig a grave and leave it anyway open. Some heebie-jeebie thing till tomorrow. He says there's a danger in doing that. It brings from it's a big hole in your phone. <laughs> <laughs> big hole in your phone. Right, he's saying there's danger leaving the grave open without burying the dead that same day. So this is the key word. He says, so too it's prohibited to in any way cause and hasten the death of a, of a patient. Someone's a ghost for a long period of time, which I'm not sure what that means because the. Say that again slowly. It's prohibited. Ligrom. Lemace to cause someone to ligros lemace to to cause ligrom sorry ligrom lemace to cause someone dead sheyamus meherit to die quicker. I mean someone who's dying to cause him to die quicker. So this is really being on the horns of a dilemma. Seriously, on some serious horns of a dilemma. What do you mean? When you say like that? the morphine deal? Am mm-hmm. I? Prolong his life and his suffering, or am I helping him? Yeah, right, okay. So in one case, I'm a murderer, in another case, I'm a doctor. Right. <laughs> for example, the case where a guy's dying for a, he's having this throes of death for a long period of time. He doesn't define that. But again, the maximum ghosts is dying within three days. So he says, and he can't separate, meaning you see the guy, he can't, he just, he's trying to die, but he's not dying. Okay, says It's prohibited to remove the pillow or the uh, cushion from under him. I mean, let's say yeah, his example is this carefully. that the guy has allergies, meaning he says that these feathers in the pillow are are causing him uh, agitation. So he wanted to move the pillow away because he's being agi- agitated. No, he can't. He's trying to die, and he, because he's agitated, he can't die. In this Meaning it's keeping him alive. That's the fact that he's sneezing, you know, let's say let's say he's allergic to feather pillow, to down pillow, and he's sneezing. All right, so he's not dying because he's busy sneezing. That's a little preposterous. Okay, um, I don't know what that means. Meaning there's something distracting him from being able to die. Five hundred years ago, as, as if there's something he can do to distract himself from dying. No, the point is uh, again, I don't know medically. Actually, meaning maybe meaning. Let me let me try to find. to die. Meaning there's something we always say. <laughs> let it leave. Him, let him die. Let, let him rest peacefully. The assumption is he'll close his eyes and he'll die. But if he has something, you know, the TV's blaring and it's an Astros game and everyone's cheering in the room, Texans just got a touchdown, <laughs> he's not going to die as quickly. I don't think there's any medical basis for saying that. Okay. <coughs> I mean, I, t- I understand he's it's saying that, but in, in my anecdotal uh, it is pastoral visits, I've seen, I mean, I've seen this, meaning 
when you let, you know, it's if everyone's calm in the room, you let the patient, you know, the patient's doctor says, okay, it's in the next couple of hours. And you just, everyone goes out of the room or everyone's quiet, you know, you don't talk loudly. Again, it's totally anecdotal. I don't know. Yeah, right. I, I meaning, don't, I think meaning as opposed to, you know, if you're blaring uh, tango in the room, <laughs> the, the patient's like, whoa. I mean, obviously it depends on the case, but there are people that are, might qualify as a ghost. So she can go up there and whack them in the head with a hammer. And they might go, hmm. Maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're really they're comatose. No, I'm right? saying like when you talk to pay, you talk to patients, so there's they're listening to some, you know, even in the last stage of the life. I found you know they, their facial features change. So the point is, leave them alone. Let the guy die. Yeah. Yeah. Let the poor guy die. Die in peace. Don't don't I mean, start telling me stories. Pretty interesting statement they're making there. Yes. That yeah, distraction to d- from dying. Don't chop wood outside. No, yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. So it says, but psychologically. There are releases. You can release somebody, yeah, but and that they they they, they find, and then they. Right, you yeah, tell like the family says. But, okay, or go you on. could do it the other way. Yeah, you could say something, and they might. But this not. whole discussion suffers so, from the fact that we don't know what a ghost says. Is. No, it's like, true. That, that's yeah, the problem. I mean, no. the psychological factors don't apply if the guy is like, you know, gorked out with a positive Q sign. The <laughs> psychological factors are irrelevant. You can blast the television with cows come home. they don't communicate doesn't mean that they're not aware. No, but either, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It's very vague. This is it's, all very vague. Exactly. Well, they even, don't have even now, our definition of death is very vague. We have EEGs and all that stuff. Just because no, the EEG doesn't show it, how do we know that guy's dead? <laughs> I mean, it's there's, a, it's a, there's no because that occasionally <laughs> they bury somebody and they find out that person wasn't dead and oh, they that come was back. just mostly dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> he says, <laughs> You can't remove the pillow or the or the cushion. And with an excuse by saying, there are feathers mixed us over from a certain type of bird. That are causing him uh, to to be agitated. Don't move him from his place. Like you're saying you guys in the hospice, and then you say send him back to to, uh, to to Seven Acres, right? So by moving the body, by moving the patient at the end of life, that that in itself is a good chance you have of killing him, of hastening his death. This is what he mentioned, some type of EBGB thing. They had some kind of school that you take the keys to the synagogue and you put it under his head of a dying person. No idea what that is. Kadesh he parted. In order, it's, it's like giving him a sign, it's time to go. Here's the keys. Go ahead. But, so this, is where the, this is the key factor of the Ramah, the most famous words of the Ramah, which are hundreds, literally hundreds of pages have been written about this. He says, But if there's something there that's preventing his soul from leaving, okay, for example, he says, There's construction right down the hall. You're in Methodist or St. Luke's, they're always mm-hmm. fixing the place there. And there's a guy with a jackhammer down the hall and it's jackhammering, right? And the guy came. Is, is not dying because, uh, well, again, you say may, medically there's no such thing, but they're understanding that if there's a guy jackhammering next door, the guy's not going to be able to go peacefully. And he's going to, it's going to delay his death, so to speak. Well, they're going and going peacefully. I mean. No, I'm saying, but he's, again, I think when someone dies, many cases are more relaxed. They're, in my, again, anecdotal experiences, and not like I have hundreds of cases, in my five cases where I was by a dying person, 
a person always at the end is very peaceful, they close their eyes, they're peaceful. If there's a loud bang in the room, or someone slams the door, they'll, they, they jump. So those, they usually die after a relaxing... Uh, <laughs> I'm not talking about someone dying of cardiac arrest, obviously. Okay, so... So yes, some of the is cold off because there's something near that house where the, the, a banging noise could go and cultivate some someone's chopping wood. Oh, she is melech or he has salt on his tongue. Right, he really put salt on his tongue. The nurse came in, put the salt on his tongue. And this is not allowing him to die. Says the Ramah, it's permitted to remove it, Misham. That's not considered active, doing an action. You're removing the impediment to his death. Okay, so there's a very, again, fine distinction here. Don't do anything which could hasten his death. Don't do any action. But if it's something, it's just an impediment that's not letting him die, that you can remove. So like the total artificial heart could be that kind of impediment. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, could be. Yes. A respirator could be. You, you know, know. here's the difference. I don't, it's a very fine difference. Meaning he's saying you can remove an impediment Again, the, the Hebrew words are shemesa hamonea. You're taking away something which is preventing his death. Mm-hmm. That's fine, but you can't do anything to hasten his death. The hasten the sticky death. wicket. You know, particularly those people, physicians who are opposed to euthanasia, promote palliation, which is relief of suffering, mm-hmm. but not hastening their death, just making them more comfortable. But you know, if the rationale here is Marsha Feinstein, which is relieving their suffering makes them live longer, therefore they suffer longer. Well, well I'm not sure. So I've seen yeah. someone discuss your, your question now that you're saying it. Meaning today, where we have, we much more developed in our pain care than they were back right. then. There, was, there are things to do today for pain that they didn't have then. So it could be some say this whole thing is no longer applicable. Because again, the whole concern here is don't prolong his suffering. But if there's a way to keep him alive without him suffering, so you're right. Maybe that then it wouldn't be applicable. Moshe doesn't say that. You have been listening to the MP3 project from the Jewish Ethic Institute. For a complete selection of our lectures, please visit our website at j-ethics.org. Shalom. Shalom.